If you'd like to get involved with Shoreditch Radio or if you run any local projects or events, please contact us at info at shoreditchradio.co.uk. Esky boy. Dano. Outta all my people. Hello, we're Beanbot. Hi, this is Dean from Lois and the Love. Uh, this is Roman from Breton. I am um, Adam Pike. I'm Orlando from the Maccabees. I am Colin Peters. I'm Lewis from Chapel Club. Uh, hi, this is Guy from Zulu Winter. Hello, this is Carl Barat. Oh! Hey, this is Rita Ora, and you're listening to Shoreditch Radio. Yes! You're listening to Sure Ditch Radio. SureDitchRadio.co.uk. And that was the hobby, formerly known as Prince. This is Late Night Niche. I'm Chris Marshall. I'm James Creamer. I'm Joe Stevens. And now we have Rihanna with Same Old Mistakes. So that was Pop Song of the Week, Rihanna, with uh, cover. With Same Old Mistake off, uh, she ripped off Tame Impala, their <laughs> nice. new album. Uh, I listened to her, her anti-album, uh, I was quite surprised it had a quite a bit more dark, a bit more... I don't know, she's a bit of a bad bitch, which I respect. Didn't she make a deal with the devil? I think there's something weird going on with her. I've heard that. But her new album's really good. Like, what? Can we rewind a second? She made a deal with the devil, is that a rumour going around? Well, we must made that rumor. Well, I think I heard it off James about five times. So <laughs> she, uh, there's some weird shit. I think they're all into like Satan worship. Yeah, and like I don't know. Hey, that's good for the Satan worship community. You know, yeah, they need to like get a, out and show their face more. Yeah, Rihanna is the biggest, probably the biggest pop star in the world. So big shout. Well, Who else today? Who else? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Oh, fuck her, man. In terms Taylor of how big she is, I'm not she saying her most. album was shit. <laughs> Beyonce's most. album was the best fucking album. No, I'm saying in terms of the song, I'm not saying it. Yeah, no, Taylor Swift they call it You probably. Why are we right. forgetting? It's Taylor Swift murder song. What? Yeah, she knocked down two old ladies. Well, like with the fists or in no, the car? No, like car and drove with off. That weird army that you're doing right now. No, oh shit, sorry. <laughs> that isn't. Yeah. No. Possibly inappropriate, uh, but. What? She ra- she, she hit and ran two, two old ladies and yeah. got away with it? Yeah. When was this? 2004. Alright, I've got a laptop in front of me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This is such bullshit, but if she has, 
He's uh, googling it now. Got the typing sound effect button. Uh, it was a fucking hit and run as well. Are they dead? What this? Yeah, hit and run death. Holy shit! No, I shopping. This is a different article, and this is also be on the sidebar of shame <laughs> about Taylor Swift going shopping. I can't, wait to, see, I can't wait to see you on the sidebar. It's, of shame, it's on the uh, Daily Mail website. That's so incredible. Right, should we have another song then? Yeah, it's your choice. It is my choice. It it's uh, reminisce over you with Pete Rock and Seal Smooth. Spoon or Spoof? I think it's Smooth, isn't it? I put down CL Spoon. Nice. <laughs> I apologise, CL Spoon. Smooth. Shall I say think back 22 years ago to keep it on track The birth of a child on the 8th of October My toast, but my granddaddy came sober Count all the fingers and the toes Now I suppose you hope the little black boy grows 18 years younger than my mama But I really got beaten with the girl of trauma In single parenthood, there I stood By the time she was 21, had another one This one's a girl, let's name her Pam Same father as the first, but you don't give a damn You're listening to Sure Ditch Radio Sure Ditch Radio Radio.co.uk That was Clams Casino with I'm God. Uh, before that, it was Pete Rock and CL Smooth with Reminisce Over You. Is the uh, the former one, is that a song that speaks to you? No, I just really way? like, I watched the video of it. It was quite an interesting video. They did it over this like 90s movie that I'm not really sure on. And it was all people in masks and like on beachfronts and just like looking out this great oasis. It spoke to you because you think you're God. No, I you? didn't. I never actually said. Why are you going to South America, James? To be a god, culturally, to the and James has this like white messiah thing going on as an individual. He thinks that he's going to go and, uh, you know, be praised by the local people, and they're going to. He's even come up with a name that they're going to call him. El Rojo. <laughs> if you didn't hear that, that was El Rojo. So <laughs> actually, I never said that. It was you lot who uh, bestowed me I don't his title. That. No, I don't remember that at all. Pretty sure it was you. What was this? Have you got your rabies shot yet? I'm getting it tomorrow. Got free to get. So we got 24 hours to get <laughs> rabies for <laughs> you. <Yaran. laughs> That's a challenge, it, listeners. A if you can movie. find James and give him rabies within the next 24 hours, you win the prize of giving James rabies. Yeah, and you can come in and to Watford, where he lives, and you can stab him. And put that out of misery. <laughs> <laughs> he might be dead by then, to be fair. I don't know how long rabies goes on for. Not I think it depends, long. not long, like two weeks and then you're like dead. Foaming and dead. Yeah, well I think, yeah, if that, like a week and a bit. Shit, man. Yeah, and you, there's no coming back from it, like you're yeah. just fucked, aren't you? 
its peak. Well, yeah, on that, uh, you know, sunny note, Joe, you uh, watched a film for us, as yeah. usual, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It, was like, it came out a bit ago, so, you know, try and find it if you can, but I, I loved it so much that I thought I really should talk about it. I feel it's important to talk about. So it's a film called Sing Street, um, and it's based in Dublin in the 80s, um, and as a, a little peace sign from James there, Irish heritage... Is your one from Dublin? Yes, she is. Born and bred. Well, yeah, she might enjoy this film. Yeah, it's apparently supposed to be like The Commitments, which is a classic. Kind yeah, of. kind of like The Commitments, kind of like School of Rock. So it's about um, a young kid who his parents are having kind of both marital and money problems. They send him from this kind of quite posh sounds, Jesuit school. Sounds pretty Irish. Um, to All the money problems. <laughs> You're the marriage marriage problem. Problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's more reasonable. Um, so send from this kind of posh Jesuit school to the more local um, kind of Catholic brothers one um, and in an attempt to impress a girl that he says he uh, you know does she want to be in his music video he then has to rapidly form a band um, that he calls Sing Street named after his school but the school spelled S-I-S-Y-N-G-E um, and it's a film that um like A is you know is very funny. It's kind of you know, well, a kind of classic coming of age tale, uh, kind of very much set in its time. And a theme that runs throughout is you know recession in uh, Ireland in the eighties. And there's theme from a lot of characters. And there's kind of a news clip at the beginning of people in Ireland want to try and uh, escape to London. So it's kind of a, uh, a sense of escape. Um, but I think more than anything, it's a film about uh, kind of pursuing your dreams and about if you want to do something, just do it. You know, if you're you want to kind of form a band do it and record music videos with your other kind of 12 14 year old mates i would argue personally that probably you should form a band for the love of music for the love of music. just trying to get some snatch but but you know it's he, a good he, he discovers along, yeah he discovers <laughs> along the way that he is you know quite a musician and they they do love music oh, okay. um but they do love snatch <laughs> sure you know that is the the primary motivating <laughs> factor um but I think you know it's about it captures the essence of um, kind of young love and infatuation and a need to escape and um, I think so many different things. But more than anything, it's kind of it's quite uh, you know you hear about kind of feel good films mm. um, that all the time are either fluff or not particularly feel good. They're kind of quite depressing and they have some sort of payoff at the end. I mean, called Slumdog Millionaire, feel good. It was yeah. pretty. That's a pretty harrowing film. I guess I've not watched film. it. Have you that's not? Right. No. Seven pounds. No, that's a feel-good film. I feel like that's a banging film. It's, that's pretty harrowing. Um, but it's got a beautiful meaning at the end. Kind of, yeah. I think it's a bit schmaltzy, a bit on the nose for me. I think you might be digressing. A little bit. But I think it's a, a genuine, really good feel-good film. Um, it's by the same director as Once, um, which is kind of a small Irish film, and also Begin Again, which was a, a bigger Hollywood film with Kira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo. But I think this is... I haven't seen once, but I've seen Begin Again, which I quite like, but this is this is really, really fantastic. And I'd recommend, if anyone could find it and seek it out, even maybe wait till it gets out on DVD. It, maybe. How's the soundtrack? Maybe even that. The soundtrack is... I've been listening to the soundtrack a lot. So, you know, as soon as I got home from the cinema, I've been listening to it a lot on so Spotify. Who? So there are original songs written by 
um, the part written by the director, but, you know, written by yeah. the kids in the band, oh, okay. but also music throughout by can even inspire them, like Duran Duran and The Cure and Spandau Ballet. Fair enough. Um, so probably so, 80s. Yeah, very much 80s. And, you know, throughout the film, they'll come into school like different kind of style outfits on because what they're listening to and what they're trying to be. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really, it's quite heartwarming. Nice. Um, but with kind of a, a good message as well. I'd, I'd really, really recommend it. That is a shining I loved endorsement. It. Yeah. Yeah. You seem happy it. about it as well. Joe's well, face is very yeah. Yeah, I, I'd like to watch it again. To be honest, is it in the cinema or is it uh, is it in that stage between cinema and making a DVD, DVD release? Really? It should still be in the cinema, just about. Um, but you know, you, if you have to wait for DVD, wait for it. So you got about as, well long as, as long as James has um, to go and watch it in the yeah. cinema, and then he'll be dead of rabies. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, well, that's yeah. a, thank you for the yeah, recommendation. And now, Claire Maguire with Faded. <sighs> You're listening to Sure Ditch Radio. SureDitchRadio.co.uk Woof, woof. That was Claire Maguire with Faded, and you're back now at the Dogging Hour, live on Shoreditch Radio. We've got a report now from our correspondent in the field, Jolian Stevens. He's down at the Ashdown Forest, and he's uh, going to fill us in on the scene down there. Uh, so I've got to be honest with you, Christopher, there are a lot of men here. I, can't, I haven't seen a single woman and no dogs. There's a man approaching me. No! Ah! Fucking oh, dead open. Thanks, Joe. Well, you heard the news, folks. No dogs. How bizarre. James? He's live in Leicester. Yeah, I'm off the A40. It's fucking great. I'm at the ice cream van waiting. Got two women down here, Sally and Sheila. We're just looking for some couple of guys to sit down with us. So are you going to be watching or taking... Oh, I'll be watching. Oh, here's someone. Kismet's kebabs. Excellent, mate. Right, get two. Is it TJ? No, Kismet. Kismet and Ali coming down. Excellent. Right. Get my camera out. Got a show on tonight, boys. I'll <laughs> pull back for the A40 later when I got the PVC and the tarpaulin out. Good grief. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that should go in, but maybe. Should we... Um, That's what should we have? Should we have Life's Amazing? Yes. All right. Life is amazing. Okay, well, this week, uh, James is going to be talking about the Emu War, um, the Great Emu War. From 1934. Yeah, and uh, Joe? We're talking about guinea worm and uh, how it's very nearly not a thing anymore. I have no idea what Yeah, what is that? Hit us, Joe. Well, okay, so um, guinea worm is a disease that you can catch from kind of um, bad drinking water, and it's when dirty drinking water is infected with... Guinea worm larvae, um, and what happens? Where is this prevalent? Is it in Guinea? No, so it's kind of mostly in Asia and Africa. Right. Um, and in 1986, there are about kind of three million um, cases ish, and as of today, they're kind of under 400. So yeah. there's been a huge effort to wipe it out. So what it is is the larvae um, will hatch inside your gut. 
and grow to. I'll show you guys a picture, and I'll, I'll put the link on the Facebook page. Yeah. Oh my fucking yeah, god! Yeah, so they'll grow mm. into these long, thin worms um, like a, a that worm. eventually burrow out in your feet in really painful blisters. Um, and the only way to get them out is to um, get the the guinea worm as it emerges from your foot and wrap it around a stick and pull it out either over the course of, a, of hours or months. And it's unbelievably painful. Um, but the one of the worst things is is one of the few things that kind of um, numbs the pain is soaking your foot in kind of cold water, which then again starts the uh. the process of the larvae hatching again. Um, and the practice is so ancient of kind of wrapping it around the stick that you know the old kind of traditional medical sign of the serpent um, yeah. around the stick. It may have come from that. Okay. I yeah. thought that was like a a Greek thing. Yeah, and like it may have gone on in, whatever. in Greece. So, so is this a result of improving water conditions, or why has it become it's less It's a number of things about education. A lot of the... Um, it can be simple enough that you kind of... These cloth filters that you put over... Water, so as like you, as you yeah, basically, um, kind of high high quality sieving. Um, but a lot of this through the, the Jimmy Carter Foundation, and the last few cases are in South Sudan, which you know is understandable. They've been focusing on other stuff rather than kind of a few hundred cases. But it'll be the first uh, disease to be wiped out with humanity since smallpox. That's I think polio is the one next one on the way. Nice. I thought I'd bring this up as you know we've done a lot of quite depressing stuff. This is a good thing. On life is amazing. Hooray I think, I think for this, extinction. This is this is amazing. Yay. I think. You know we've. It is amazing. The pitch is amazing. I think we should put it up on Facebook. What, yeah, what we're looking at right now is a person's foot with a little tiny thin thread-like worm about ten inches long being yeah. pulled out. It can go up to up to a meter. Yeah, it looks atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, is there any other no no pictures? I don't want to repeat what James said about it, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't pretty. It's it's not looking good. But yeah, thanks, Joe. That was really and good. That's right. Thanks to uh, you know Jimmy public Carter. health campaigns and Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Salute. Let's hope we can get it. You know, rid the world of it completely soon. Those bastard worms. Okay, so my one is uh, a different topic and is regarding the Great Emu War of 1934. So picture this. World War I has just ended. You're a soldier who has lived through the killing, <laughs> psychological and physical damage. Ah, that will remain with you. Gallipoli! That, they, both of these words. All you want is a simple life, one of farming, starting a family, getting married. But I foresee an issue, a threat to this peaceful existence, that of a flightless bird, an emu. So in Australia in 1932, ex-soldiers and British veterans took up farming in Western Australia, in marginal areas, particularly the Campion District. They took to farming wheat, which government, in the aftermath of the Depression of 1929, were promising subsidies. This was complicated, however, by the arrival of 20,000 emus, whom, after migrating after their breeding season, head to the coast. However, after coming across the cleared land and water supplies available to the farmers' livestock, they found this cultivated land to be a good habitat and began to foray into the farmland. They ate the crops and left huge gaps in fences where rabbits could enter and cause further problems. So, this led to the farmers thinking. They relayed their concerns about their crop damage and met with the Ministry of Defence of Australia, requesting the deployment of Lewis guns, which basically fuck off machine guns, yeah. to deal with the threat. <laughs> like water-cooled machine yeah. guns. Yeah. So military involvement was due to begin in October 1932 under the leadership of Major Meredith, 
of the 7th Heavy Battery of the Royal Australian Artillery, commanding two Lewis guns and 10,000 rounds of ammo. Ammo, ammo. So these are fucking emus, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they're and just going out yeah. there like machine guns. Big machine guns, yeah. Sounds good. Um, emus proved difficult, however, and they were adept at utilising guerrilla tactics. And I shit you not, this is what this guy is saying. <laughs> they were utilising guerrilla tactics of splitting into innumerable smaller groups and were praised by the Major as a result of their striking manoeuvrability in the field, even when injured. So claims that 986 emus were killed and 2,500 wounded and later died as a result of their injury. However, this wasn't the end of it. Military assistance was later requested in 1934, 1943 and 1948 were all turned down by the government and were replaced by a bounty, uh, bounty system that had been in place since 1923, which had proved effective, with 57,000 bounties were claimed over six months in 1934. So basically, they just fucking... They just massacred Yeah, emus. they basically massacred emus. So it's been a real extinction special today, yeah. hasn't it? Wow. I thought it was really interesting. That's insane. Why the why machine guns though? Because they, the, soldiers had, the soldiers but... had realised how effective they had been after experiencing like mowing them down. Yeah, so they were just thinking, right, we'll what be what able to like go up to a group of them, not realise that emus are fucking quick. So if you're on the back of a, a van, trying is, that what, is that how they did it? Yeah, on the van? Like, they parked it on the back of a van. They were just like going through like. Rattling through. James is doing a kind of rotation. Yeah, which is a totally different gun. <laughs> yeah. It's a Gatling That's gun. That's a Gatling yeah. gun, yeah. yeah. The Lewis um, gun has like two thumb triggers. And then they, uh, and then the emus kind of got like kind of aware of what they were doing, so they were just like split into little groups and they proved much difficult. And they were literally like praised for their guerrilla tactics, which is like. They, did they win any medals or anything? Do you well, know? there was a couple. <laughs> they, they fought a good fight. A few purple hearts by the sound of it. But yeah, I just thought it was an interesting, kind of weird. Um, oh, yeah, thanks a lot. Late night niche. That was special. Good. I'll give you a little uh, small one if you like. Another interesting do. thing earlier. Um, you know, like nowadays there's a lot of talk about hashtags and whatever, mm. and like the actual hash symbol. The origin of this is, um, and why the Americans call it the pound sign. So if you've ever heard any, you know, like American uh, advertising or whatever, or, um, you know, TV shows where it's like uh, talking about automated phone systems, it's like, mm. you know, if you want the main menu or to speak to an operator, press pound. What they're talking about is the hash key. Now, the hash key is called the pound, and that symbol's called the pound, because back when weights and measures were in LBs, mm. people would write LB on stuff. But to do that quickly, you just go LB, which is almost like two lines with like a thing through it. Mm. Okay. And that just turned into two lines with two lines through it. A hash. Oh. So we should really call them pound tags. So that's uh, an Americanism that's pretty accurate. Yeah. As is a uh, period for full stop. Um, yeah, back in um, the times before uh, writing, really, um, it, it was more focused on like oration, right? So you wouldn't have punctuation like we have now in sentences and paragraphs as they are as we read them, but you would have um, basically splits, like pauses, um, at like different times in the speech, mm. you know, as you said it to a crowd. Now, the first one um, was like the sentence, basically, sentencium or whatever, and then there was like paragraphum or whatever that was like the whole idea but the pauses themselves um, the final one at the end was periodus so period is actually basically well full stop's not incorrect it's like a factual description but uh, it's not got quite the same heritage so yeah 
I hope your listeners, I hope you're taking this. If you want to know more about that, tune into Radio 4. (laughs) (laughs) Right, uh, yeah. um, What have we got next? Uh, If You Wait, London Grammar, Shy FX Remix, and then Chet Baker with Time After Time. Sick. to Sure Ditch Radio. SureDitchRadio.co.uk What I know The passing years will show You've kept my love so young So new And time after time You'll hear me say So lucky to be loving you. Right, so that was Chet, Chet Baker with Time After Time. Before that, it was London Grammar with If You Wait, Shy FX Remix. It wasn't really like that. It's not really drum and bassy. It's kind of a bit more it's tropical quite house. chilled out and, yeah, it's nice. But, uh, yeah, the moment you've all been waiting for at home um, and oh, the thing that you'll be, you'll be tuning into a podcast to listen to again <laughs> and uh, listen to again and again on the Mixcloud and uh, commenting about on Facebook and Twitter. And just sharing with your friends, generally. Yeah. The chat about Euro 2016. 24 oh. teams, anything can happen. Is, is that the official slogan? or? Well, we can make it. I can TM it, yeah. copyright it. They're just... Uh, just print it on those like t-shirts. Now, yeah. now you don't have <laughs> Are you going to replace Michelle Platini? 24 teams. Anything can happen. Yes. But once they find my large amount of corruption, then uh, I'll be fucked. The millions of pounds paid to you for services rendered in 1938. Yeah. <laughs> Good year. So uh, what's the prediction then? Uh, are we going for like stone cold favourites or are we going for our dark horses? Uh, both. Why not? Okay, stone cold favourites. Uh... I don't think you can look any further than uh, you've got your Spains, your Germanys, your Frances. And I think Germany. Do you think Germany will... I think it's semis at least. Spain, I don't know, because I don't know. They're not hard to beat, but they haven't got... They're nothing... They're not particularly interesting, I don't think. No, they just like kind of pass it around and they... There's no dynamism. Mm. Dynamism? Yeah, I think so. But I'd want a, a smaller team to do well. Well, that's why I want Croatia, because I reckon they've So got... Croatia are what, your dark horse or your stone-cold favourite? They're my dark horse. And Germany are the stone-cold favourite? No, France are my stone-cold favourite. France? France are my stone-cold favourites. They're attacking tactic. We were going through it earlier. Yeah, it's like... Their middle. midfield and their attack are the best in the tournament, you know, by, by a long way. And it's kind of a young, uh, kind of vibrant team. Mm. Talk about France that have a huge amount of dynamism. Um, now they fucking do. No, but what they do need to do is make sure their defence is protected properly. So, Mount France is their midfield. They, you know, they have a choice of um, Paul Pogba, Blaise Matuidi, Kante, um, Ngolo Kante, who's lit up the Premier League. But you know, also people like Morgan Schneiderlin and Johan Gabay. So you've got a choice of them for your, your midfield three, who should be able to protect your defence properly. 
Um, then you've got like Koscielny. I feel like Dale wants to chip in here. Dale, go on, join us. Cockerland is not in the squad. I don't think so. in the squad. No. I'm surprised, <laughs> you know, that Johan is in the squad, but not Cockerland. I think that's a kind of Jordan Henderson over Danny Drinkwater type move. Someone who the manager likes yeah. and has been good in the past, but maybe not so much this season. But then Cockerland's been injured. Yeah, and Cockerland's a bit like one. If you've already got one, you've got like Schneider you, you, you've got defensive mid and Kante, then you're like. Mm. Yeah. And then up top, you've got a choice between. Uh, a choice, you know, if you have three of them, you have Payet, Griezmann, uh, Giroud, Gignac, Kingsley Coman, it's, Anthony Martial. Yeah, it's pretty filth. But then there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that kind of are slipping under the radar. Like, I think Wales could do quite well. They could come do. on, they're my dark horse. <laughs> are they your dark horse? Yeah. Okay, so why are they not your dark horse? Because they're beast, aren't they? They're just going to get carried through. They're going to get Maradonaed. <laughs> yeah, this is his chance to be like I'm better than Ronaldo because I've literally dragged. Because I've just taken Europe. my team through the Euros and like smashed everybody. Yeah. And they've got a great central defensive partnership. Fra- Actually, the French team, Williams gonna, and James Collins. The French team are going to go and strike. Yeah, and, uh, having all their infrastructures like collapsing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like great timing, guys. Yeah. The Look. stupid thing about that is like the strike. I know it's not talking about football, but like they're all striking over like workers' rights, basically, and because the point is that the French government is making it easier to like hire and fire people. Hmm. But they're concentrating on the fact that it's easier to fire people. Whereas what the problem that the French economy has at the moment or the job market is that because it's actually really, really, really difficult to fire somebody or to make a job cease to exist and make somebody redundant in France, nobody creates any new jobs. They're like really... Uh, yeah, not just stagnant, but um, employers are um, like scared to create new positions. They'll just overload the people that work there already rather than create a new job because it's, if then there's a downturn or something happens or circumstances change, they can't get they rid, can't of, get rid yeah. of them. Mm. <laughs> so everyone's protesting the fact that actually the French government are trying really hard through a different method to get them a job, but they don't see it like that. Young people, eh? What you, Joe? Favourite dark horse? Dark horse, um, Switzerland maybe. You know, they've got an uh, interesting young team. got Shakiri, Xhaka, and some others who are coming at the moment. Giroud. Oh, no, Johan Giroud. Yeah. Arsenal legend, Philip Senderos. Exactly. Another classic. Arsene Wenger by. Um, who else is there? Iceland. You could, there's a couple of teams... I think it's time for a Greece. England, we haven't even discussed the home. They were my stone cold favourite. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so I'm going to. Football's coming home, James. We're talking about. We should be playing Rooney. I know, what the hell was we that should all about? We should be starting Rooney, and Rooney Hod- Hodgson has said that, like, Rooney must play. Um, he completely fucks up the rest of the team. He's shit, mate. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to go out there and say it. He is shit. He's, when has he played well for England, really? Like, yeah, he scores... In the, the qualifiers. He scored a fair in few qualifiers. goals in qualifiers over We have scored more goals than any other England player yeah. ever. Yeah. That's, that is a fair few. How that is a fair few, scored. but at the same time, it's just in, like, qualifiers and whatever. It's never when it actually counts, is it? No, he, he's not a tournament player. And the other thing is, that if he's not the best player in any of the positions that he's been put in, he shouldn't start. Like, no. he's, he's done a great service for his country, but Pretty if you are... Deli Alley should be playing the position. If you're going to deny Deli Alley playing in the cam behind Harry Kane, which is one of the most devastating partnerships in Europe in yeah. terms of assists between each goals, other, yeah. goals between each other, just so you can shoehorn in your captain, yeah. who has the greatest had a good, marketing. Who, uh... Well, yeah, he hasn't had a good tournament since year 2004. You know, he has had a good tournament 12 years ago yeah. when he was 17. He's wank. Just get him out. Send him home. 
But what? If we like break his leg or something, they they can't like put another player in, can they? No, they can't. Too late. Now. Injuries. Can you? Can you got the reserve tournament? I think. Not, oh, not, not during Right, so we've got two weeks to stab James, give him rabies, and break Wayne Rooney's leg. All are perfectly feasible, I believe. I think so. Um, I also think we should take him Danny Drinkwater. Yeah, it's a disgrace. Well, it's also quite risky because, A, if Eric Dye gets injured, you've got no natural hold on midfield. You've got James Milner or Jordan Henderson, who are more kind of box-to-box or yeah. central in their disposition. Or if two of your centre backs get injured and then you brought Eric Dice and you put him back there, who's, who's going to be your holding midfield player then? Do you know who I think is? I think this, you may shoot me down, but I really believe that Andrus Townsend should have gone. Because he's our most, he's a, one of our quickest players and he's one of our most. He plays wide. We have no like wide, we have no alternatives. We're literally like down the middle. Down the middle, four is going to be a diamond because we haven't got any width. So it's just a bit. We need options. Why was Michael Antonio selected? Just in the provisional squad. Mate, He's I had a great season. I don't know. I just don't know. Mark Noble, where are these Mark players? Noble, Aaron Cresswell. And do you know why? It's because they don't play top four football. It is. I just think don't worry about it because we're going to win, hands down. Can you imagine if we won the Euros? England would It would be, kick off. It would yeah. be crazier than Madrid. Me and James were in Madrid, uh, well, was it last Champions weekend? Champions League final, yeah. Yeah, it was weekend. a Champions League final between uh, Real and uh, Atletico. It was uh, quite a lively atmosphere. It was lively, yeah. There was a lot of people out of the street. A lot of people. <laughs> it was just, yeah, and they were quite. But I think I'd have liked to have seen if Atletico had won because I, I was, I was really, that I, was, I was really disappointed yeah. that they didn't win. Yeah, I think it was going to as well. Yeah. And Raul just like and Ronaldo, Ronaldo to win it, it as well. He's just like oh. Paul's he done fuck all for 120 minutes. He should have been brought off like after 60. Just did fuck all. But Pepe. He's scum. He's like Absolutely scum. scum. Yeah, Pepe, I'm calling you out. <laughs> if you're listening, if you want to come on the show me. and defend yourself, then feel free. Yeah. Fight me, Pepe. Bring a knife. James will bring the stab pest. <laughs> we'll go. We'll bring the rapies. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Lock them in a room. <laughs> Dig a pit in the ground and like, get some dogs on chains to like, bark menacingly in the foreground. So that was our Euros chat. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, you're going to have your own opinions, so. Like we said before, get on the Facebook. Let us know what you think, or don't. Who cares? Do you know? But uh, it's been about an hour now, I think, hasn't it? Yeah. And now we have Bugsy below with ten o'clock late night in the O one six one. Yeah. I just want to do some illegal shit right now. Me, I'm not really in the mix right now. I heard my man's going on colder than cold. Tell him I'm a bar and I'm in the bits right now. He was on a jet meeting, so I started training and I'm fit right now. Chat shit, get banged. That means you can get banged, right? You're Chat listening shit, right to Short Ditch Radio. Shortditchradio.com.uk. Them man got shook when I jumped out of the bus. Tell my not to fuck off. Bugs him alone. Not unfriendly right now. You get me? I'm tired of fucking with a JV. Watch out for the EP. Oh, and six one. Fuse, the engineer. That's Manchester's finest with uh, Late Night in the 016 World. Represent. Yeah, of his new album. Um, and now we're going to talk about the referendum. <laughs> <laughs> Contentious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of the biggest political decisions of our life. Too. It definitely is. And yeah. it's like tearing my family apart. Really? really? My mum is like such a Brexit, and my dad is like fully in. 
and Fuck. yeah, like they they're divorced for like fifteen years, and they are getting further apart. You know what I mean? Like it's it's causing some serious shit. And I've got her down as my proxy vote. Oh shit! So you're like so I'm like the deciding vote. What? So do you think she's gonna? Well, I'm not saying she's gonna like fraud fraud my vote or whatever. Fraud oh, yeah. my vote. Well, no, I don't think she would anyway. But it's definitely gonna make her cry if I vote to stay. My whole family voted to stay. Why? Let's start here. Why? I just... Personally, I'd rather uh, stay in the EU because I do not... I'd rather... The devil I know rather than the devil I don't. And the Conservative Party is going to go so far right with... It's basically opening up this door for Michael Gove and Boris Johnson to take control. And that slightly scares me and it yeah. alarms me because seeing what Michael Gove has done to the education system and Boris Johnson has done to London in the way it's just become built up that there's no the skyscrapers big business it's the home for the mega rich yeah and I don't really think that it's in my interest to vote to leave the EU there's a couple of things but realistically I'm not working in the fishing industry I'm not trading anything so for me personally in is the okay. better option Joe very much in <laughs> explain um, briefly briefly I think just on uh, a principled level when the world's coming, um, coming like more fragmented and we need to work together to kind of help solve issues like climate change refugee crisis mm-hmm. the idea that we're like you know what no we're not going to be part of this union of 27 different countries who used to be old world powers and we're still going to have this idea that we can go it alone and we'll be much better um we can solve all these issues not being part of some sort of supernatural organisation mm-hmm. um, sort of super, supranational Su- not, not supernatural <laughs> yeah. by the power of Merkel <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but also think in, just in terms of economics like the EU are our largest trading partner mm. so um, either but either they they sure they're going to let us um, take years good, to create continue trading for free be like Norway and Switzerland but yeah. often Norway and Switzerland have to accept loads of EU legislation well to trade without, with the EU you have to, trade, to accept them yeah without having yeah. any actual impact mm-hmm. on, on that not being part of the commission the council or the parliament um, I think that the immigration issues often kind of blend that they actually if you look into immigrants don't usually take jobs that um British people would yeah, have the, the they they the overall net yeah who wants to be a doctor the, <laughs> the overall effect on the economy is more jobs are created or like oh waiting upon people in the NHS well generally EU migrants are young and fit and healthy and are more likely to work in the NHS than to use it um, so the whole swathe of issues and then when people say oh, it's undemocratic well a lot of this is just thrown around from people like the Mail and the Express. Um, and I'll get like, and you know, I when I go to the shops at lunchtime at work, I often like to take a, a look at the the papers and see what um, see what they're saying and how the headlines vary. Mm. And the Express and the Mail always have something on the front cover about immigrants or the EU banning kettles and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, for example, or this like is Daily Express's headline earlier this week. So I'm showing these guys. It says migrants pay just a hundred pounds to invade Britain. Mm-hmm. You're a migrant. Technically, so are you. I'm sort of a migrant. Well, we're not migrants. So James is Irish. Were. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually not even an English. Yeah, citizen. you're not. You're not British. I'll, I'll wave you off on the boat when I'm well, kicked out. Will that honestly? Would that affect you? If I don't if, know. If we leave the EU, I'm. I'm not certain. Like, and the other thing is, 
So we don't have a codified constitution, which I think is, is generally a good thing. It means we don't get stuck down in things written in 1776 about an armed militia having guns, and which means that if we have a mass shooting, you get idiots who say we can't take away our guns. Um, but I like having the extra protection with uh, an organisation outside the British Parliament, which British Parliament can just change their laws like that, mm-hmm. that protects workers' rights. And not kind of stupid French ones where you can't hire or fire anyone mm-hmm. that you know gives part-time workers the same rights as full-time workers. Um, I, I'd like those things to have extra protection. You know, there's a whole, as you can tell, there's a whole swathe of reasons. And I think that a lot of the popular press... Um, I've misled it's a lot fear mongering. Everything is just fear mongering at the moment because yeah. no one's like actually. There isn't a leftist approach to the Brexit, which I'd have really liked to have read. There's no. It's all very down the right. There's no like left yeah, politicians. It, no, it's all about the well because people covering about how the Conservative Party are tearing each other apart. Yeah, I know it's brilliant. Yeah. Whereas if Labour just maintain their stability, then they look bit better than the fucking Conservatives at the moment. Well, I mean, it, as far as like Labour's concerned, I think it would mean a lot, probably, to a lot of people uh, if um, they stood side by side with David Cameron mm. on a podium and said, we need to stay. Like that, I think that would influence a lot more people than them just sitting back and letting the Conservatives tear themselves apart and all the focus go on that. But I'm going to put myself as the devil's advocate yeah. right? like I'm not going to necessarily argue uh, for us to leave but only present um, yeah because it needs this because it's just well yeah like counter arguments to things that you've mm. said so um, obviously there's a lot there but if you break it down into like the various categories so yeah. if we talk about immigration yeah. firstly um, there is obviously this kind of right wing argument saying that yeah, it, like immigrants are, you know, flooding in, invading the borders, whatever, you know, which is... It's racist. It, it's, well, it's basically not true. No. Um, it comes to this country. And the net benefit from uh, immigration is a benefit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the net sum is a plus. So there's not really a very strong argument. Um, obviously, you've got, in terms of... Um, uh, staying in the EU there's the argument as well to say well what about people leaving the UK and going to work at other places or people like you yeah what will happen to them yeah who have like grown up here your whole Mm. life or whatever like if you if you go back to Ireland are you allowed back in again don't know Mm. what happens also to Scotland aren't they going to have a referendum well if Scotland which they very likely will vote to stay in um and the rest of England votes majoritively to leave and we leave then obviously that's given them pretty good grounds for having another referendum on independence so then we're going to lose Scotland um, what happens to the um, border between Northern Ireland and Ireland which is at the moment obviously open um, which yeah. is a pretty touchy area anyway mm. I know I said that I'd uh, go for Brexit here but like I'm just highlighting a few more of the issues um, but in terms of, um, let's talk about, say, uh, well, what you were talking about, saying that there needs to be, um, like, supernatural, uh, supernatural, I say. National, well, United national, States of Europe. Yeah, uh, organisations to fight, like, wider issues, like climate change, um, things like this, like, to protect workers' rights and prevent us falling mm. prey to the super right-wing uh, conservative, you know, uh, money hounds. 
there are other organisations, I should point this out. Um, the uh, International Labour Organisation is one which is like sponsored by um, the UN. It's like the organisation, which is basically their policies are taken word for word by the EU and put into EU legislation. That will still be a member of that. Um, is that binding? Will we? Will it, it's can not we binding be taken in the. To court it's not binding in it? the sense. No, it's not binding in the sense that um, the EU legislation is. But mm. at the same time, it's like the benchmark standard. Like if you start falling below that, mm. then um, you know you're going to be in the UN, and people are like, you know, are you? Like next step is like human rights violations. Do you know what I mean? Which is another argument about uh, you know um, why to stay. You're talking about um, you know the right-wing conservatives or whatever taking over the um, country, basically, uh, and having nobody else to answer to. What happened to the, um, like, to human rights law? Um, and the human rights act, decisions. they already want to get rid of it. Um, so will that just go? What will replace it? Will there be anything? Uh, are they just going to get rid of human rights as an idea? Possibly. But then, as far as I can see it and I'm not somebody who's like really right wing in fact I totally Quite agree yeah well I I think that the biggest problems personally that we face um, or I personally see the biggest problems that we clearly are going to face and the, the future generation is going to face are things like climate change things like uh, antibiotic resistance um, like big widespread mm-hmm. issues that are going to affect you know people en masse um, things like uh Economic um, difficulties. If you fall into, uh, you know, difficulties with like uh, economics to the point, or with disease, say like you shut off um, borders or you're um, having to close airports, this and that and the other, and you can't accept imports, exports. Where do people in the middle of cities get food from? Yeah, things like this. Yeah, these are the kind of problems and the issues that like the world will face in the future. Things like worrying about immigration and stuff. That's they're things that like sixty-year-olds care about yeah. like the world's an open place now like the 60 year old they don't have a problem going to live in the south of france do they no uh, but, but they, they may do if we if we leave europe but, we well, think about that. yeah they very they may very well do um but so i absolutely agree about like the the fact that we need much more uh you know cohesive government between countries but then at the same time i also do see the point about um the lack of democracy and I know that basically the, for listeners or just to clarify in my own mind the way that um, the EU makes laws is basically they're suggested mm. um, and then that goes to by the commission by the commission yeah and then that goes to um, the the parliament. parliament and I thought the parliament didn't actually the, have a say they couldn't uh, so some they, things on some the things they're so um, crucial that the only people who get a say are the commission and the uh, what's it called the other one council the council and the council is made up of um, the presidents I think there's three or four presidents and then there's no, the council is all the and but also and, yeah, the leaders and, yeah that's what I mean but there's presidents of the council yeah and then there's all the leaders of the individual countries who are in the EU yeah. who sit on that so they're yeah. elected by their people yeah so but the commission also people have this idea the commission is just a bunch of people randomly selected off the street and just nefariously make up rules but they are appointed by elected governments yeah. as well. and British people could uh, 
go for those jobs. Um, and there's not very many British people in those jobs, but that really says more about our education system because you have to speak at least two European languages. Which, as we which found out, generally people, we British people, don't. Um, it's so, a real shame. Yeah, so um, that's probably the, the real reason why you know they're not in there. But even then, um, you know, they don't just like make up laws, which I think is what a lot of people say, mm. um, or have this idea that they just make up laws like willy nilly and, and just pass them. But um, there is political accountability by people who are elected in this country. But then at the same time, um, there sort of is an argument to say that actually it's not very democratic because people can go to individual leaders and lobby them. If you've got enough money and enough clout, then you can lobby anybody. And you yeah. can lobby the commission, you can uh, lobby the council, which are the leaders and the presidents or whatever. You can even lobby MEPs if it gets, if it's such a trivial thing that it manages to get to the uh, European Parliament. Which is but, but uh, the European uh, Parliament do vote on they do vote and, on and we vote almost for the almost Parliament. everything yeah. yeah and we vote and, for and the, the legislation the, as yeah. well and we vote for members of the European Parliament and people don't go out and vote for their MEP which I think is crazy because yeah, they're, they're they part of a more really powerful a more powerful government yeah than uh, the one that we've got here almost um, but there is this thing that people can go and lobby and this is like a strong argument for the Brexit uh, camp like they don't make it very strongly in the news because they're concentrated on like, immigration and these right-wing issues but actually there there is a strong argument to say that yeah okay big uh, like banking lobbies and whatever do go because they do go to uh, people in the commission and whatever and lobby them and say look we need this law we need you to do that put in this directive whatever and that can happen and does happen all the time this is a lot of the way that um places like Norway and uh, Switzerland actually affect the EU, whilst they don't have any direct uh, representation in the parliament or um, in the council or whatever, they can have an effect by lobbying. Mm-hmm. Um, and but obviously why is that particularly different well. from But how? indeed, why is this different to what can just happen here? I mean, yeah. uh, we saw uh, cash for questions and um, things like this, audiences with uh, royalty or whatever, just you know, for paying money. And that's that's when it's so, super blatant when you're just like handing over cash for it. Mm. Like if you, but most time it's not quid quid pro quo. Yeah, it's just literally you know we know each other because we drink at the same club. Yeah, or, we went to school together. We went to school together, and that's exactly. And this would be my argument to the Brexiters, like that's just going to be happening here, and especially because it, it is the super right wing. Um, yeah, who did genuinely all go all go to school together? Yeah. Um, then there's uh, Catholic high school. There's other arguments like uh, Brexiters are looking at um, the, this idea that there's going to be a European army, and if we want to like leave in the future, um, then we're going to not be able to because the European army and the European police force are going to somehow stop us or whatever. Um, okay, that does sound scary, but at the same time, if there's going to be a European army, firstly quite a few people who are in it are just going to be European citizens I'd imagine yeah um, if not and who all. probably yeah <laughs> that's what I mean yeah. so they're not necessarily I mean it could happen but they're not necessarily just going to want to turn around and like commit war crimes on us mm. just because we want to leave um, also uh, if we left left now surely that would mean that we were outside of we were literally like 20 miles away from um, like basically a German run superpower which uh, now with, has this army with a huge army yeah, yeah and, a, and a chip on its shoulder because we left yeah. um, so that, and that's another issue that I probably have with it um, do you think 
that people are going to stay? Do you think to stay is, good, is more I'm not sure. The this, is the, this is the crux of it, because whatever the arguments, like the economic arguments, who knows? Immigration arguments, who knows? Does Willie make a difference? Probably not really, because the only people that really like get let in and stay or whatever because of how the benefit system works here are people who want to come and get proper jobs and that's what they're looking at introducing it's a point as system a, isn't it yeah, yeah exactly well. yeah but don't like, be like Australian style point system because we talked about earlier what the Australian attitude to immigrants is like yeah well, they're, they're pretty racist yeah uh, it, it, by and large but the um, the crux of it is like you say are people going to come out and vote one way or the other uh, in, in certain areas like it won't matter either way I kind of think that we're basically fucked either way like if we have the super right wing conservative government yeah alright um, you know they're, they're going to be dickheads but we can vote them out will we probably not because you know you go down to the bar on the green there and everybody like runs their own uh, business making um, I don't know like well what, what was it we said the other day uh, a, a little corner shop that like where you can go and eat cereal like out of air <laughs> novelty okay. cereal yeah. out of uh, 90s uh, Air Max trainers um, do you know what I mean like, they, all, they all have their own artisan thing they are they are like the right wing babies in the making yeah, yeah. Um, not in terms of like you know they're like Nazis or something yeah. but like but they are yeah. capitalist yeah. in the, like the extreme um, but then I think it's going to be an interesting. So you, one. you've got that. If we stay, then we're basically uh, agreeing to whatever comes next in the EU, and who knows what that's what that's going to be. Um, so yeah, we're we're screwed either way. None of the big issues are getting solved anytime soon. Um, the ice in the Arctic is going to be ice-free potentially next year, maybe the, the year after. Um, whereas now there's like 12.4 million square miles of sea ice. There'll be one in a couple of years' time. Do we want to solve um, that ocean, together? Ocean acid, uh, acidification um, is probably mm. reached a level this year uh, where it's never going to be the same. Um, it's going to damage the Antarctic's uh, like food chain irrevocably, um, so everything's going to have to change in, in that sense. Plus, that's only going to get worse with the, the leaving of the sea ice because that contain, basically that keeps methane trapped in the yeah. ocean yeah, sea. Yeah, loads that will be released. Yeah, and loads of that will be released. And obviously then without the sea ice as well, the world's darker, so it attracts more sunlight. And yeah. It's a vicious cycle. We're basically fucked already, so I don't care either way, actually. But it's whether or not people are going to come out and vote. Young people probably want to vote to stay in. Old people want to vote to leave. But in much general, more old people But vote. much, much yeah. more old people vote. Exactly. And just, this is probably... This will go out after the uh, deadline for registration mm-hmm. if you haven't registered fucking why? do it yeah like why do you not want well, to they might be like me they might be like nihilist do you know what I mean just who gives a shit we're fucked um why don't give it a chance you know why not like why refuse to have a say in you know I, I get that some you know governments change every five years and so nothing really happens if we leave the EU it, things will change Significantly, yeah. and to give up your chance to have a say in the biggest political decision of your of this generation, and then complain about I, it later, and complain about it later, I cannot wrap my head around. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree, but I'm sceptical as to whether it will be the biggest political decision of our generation. I think the future. Do we get a direct vote on the, the future? Do you reckon there's uh, something still to come that's going to yeah, like completely it's stretching like, out before us, uh, and it's an ugly mess, and. Um, 
shit's going to hit the fan. And on that note, but then... I like not like think, the end I is not... Like, no, like, Russia. You know, like things, that are, things are going to change. Country that big, and then there was a really small amount of people who were like, fuck it, this is unfair. The aristocracy was like, and then they just completely overthrew the system. Okay, but talking about Russia, I think people would be pretty happy if you're... Oh, yeah, he, yeah well, this is, this is a, a good point as well. I mean, the people, people say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to... Um, like Brexiters are like, oh well, why would I believe all these like conservative politicians who lie about all this stuff? Well, at the same time, yeah, I agree with that. But then the people who say to leave and have gone on record to say to leave are Boris Johnson, Michael Gove, Vladimir Putin, and Donald Trump. Yeah. So, you know, choose your moral compass. Yeah, it's not looking good either way. Yeah, really, or your believability. But, yeah, but then at the same time, I kind of think, well, maybe I'll just vote to leave because a bit of uncertainty. You want to mix things up a bit. Mix just things to see up. What yeah. Happens. If the economy goes down the shitter, uh, on the positive side, then they might have to like legalize marijuana just for the revenue. So, then <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dear laughs> we, we can all get high all the time. <laughs> but that can't be a bad thing. Then people will be more chilled out, and uh, we won't have to worry about the European army so much. Okay, so that was our referendum Thanks chat. For that's over. Right. What have we got next? Paul Music. Simon with wristband, and then Nick Cave Ooh, with yeah. Breathless. Topical. So Paul Simon's uh, new album um, just came out last week. Um, he's. 70 something yeah, I think he's getting on he's getting on a bit uh, but he's still got some uh, good stuff in the tank and this song wristband is it starts off um, with uh, basically a, a rock star who's been stopped from getting back into his own show basically he's gone outside and he can't get back into his own show because um, he doesn't have a wristband and then it turns into a social allegory about how there are some places in the world that never get a wristband so rock on Paul Simon <laughs> Stage door to breathe some nicotine and maybe check my mail. You're listening to Sure Ditch Radio, sureditchradio.co.uk. Still your soul, still your mind, still fire. My love is true, and I am a breathless. Mr. Cave, breathless, and now a new feature, another one, uh, and we're going to call it. I think maybe what we can't live without, or life's little life's thing. little things. You decide. Yeah, vote on it. Basically, I mean it's pretty self-descriptive with those two titles in mind, but it's things that each of us think are overlooked um, and yet essential, but perhaps not you know super essential. But life would be poorer without them. Significantly so. Significantly. You don't even think about Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so, you've got one, James. I've got one. To start us off, I. It is a big pen, but you are given the choice of four different colours on the wheel, which I think is great because when you're writing, <coughs> you do not have to go and pick up another pen. You can literally <coughs> click it down. And start writing a different colour. Yeah, so everyone's familiar with this from like year six. Um, so you've got blue, green, black, and red. Yeah, and I just figured a really good 
saves, I don't know, you don't need to build other pens. The only, the only problem I have with it... Runs out. Is that, well, yeah, one runs out, and that's normally the colour that you actually use most, mm. and then you can't get a replacement for that colour, so you have to throw the pen away, and then you're just wasting, like, three pens worth of ink. I know. I often find they're a bit bulky for me as well. To be bulky sure. your wrist. Yeah, or in terms of holding. Well, my handwriting's pretty poor anyway. Um, you don't handle it. Too much pen for you. Yeah. Understandable. Just likes a chubby. <clears throat> I'd say you like a chubby. <laughs> so, I don't know if Joe's got a thing, but I was thinking a little thing that I can't live without, and bear with me on this one, is a B-Day. Good shout. Right? Respect really? that highly. I've never, ever washed or cleaned myself in a B-Day ever, right? But, <laughs> yeah. I have one in my bathroom. I have the bath, and then next to that I have a B-Day, and then next to that I have the toilet. I personally would always use a B-Day if there's a... I put my books in the B-Day. It's the most useful fucking shelf. Oh, interesting. Right, honestly, like, and because it's got, it's obviously like a dip, it's like yeah. a basin, yeah. they don't fall off. But you do like, know someone has been using that before that. Too. Oh, maybe, I mean, we've lived there for like 20 years, do you know what I mean? Like, so, that, so is that, yeah, you've like, washed your ass now as a kid? Uh, no, not even then, mate. Like, I've literally never, ever used it. It's like, really Perhaps good. there was like some old gross guy that like died in the house before we uh, moved in who used it, but you know, that was so long ago now that, you know, doesn't even... Do you use a bidet as its primary function? Yes, to wash my bike. Now, you say wherever you find a bidet. So if you went to like a public bathroom, no, say a restaurant, no, and there was a bidet, would you like clean your genitalia so, and wash or it? Or like you were at a party, you went to a bathroom, and you were like, oh, awesome, a bidet. I'm going to no, wash reason, it like, instead. If I'm at someone's house and they're like, the bidet is an offer, then I'm not going to turn it down because why would I not want to? Is that frequently what someone says to you? The bidet's on offer, by the way, James. <laughs> Bathroom's on the left, just there, bidet's on offer. Don't worry. <laughs> Make well, yourself you? just comfortable. Just clean your ass. It's nice. It's actually quite a nice sensation. Because it's like you're just using toilet roll, but I don't want to use. It can be. Roll. It can be a nice sensation, but the problem that I have with it because I don't know what kind of bidet you're talking about you're talking about the one well, where you press the button and it sprays up at yeah. you right yeah no I don't have one of them I don't <laughs> have myself one. an enema yeah. you don't want the ones with like, little taps with the taps that you sit fill up yeah. yeah and then like squat over and like it's a bit medieval I know but it's like it just you takes like bathe in your own like I have filled it with water because it gets dusty <laughs> I just yeah. like it I like and then the you, get, you get a poo particle on your like ball bag why would you want that no, you lift, you hold your balls, you cup your balls, you just dip your ass. Do you? Yeah. Oh god, you've never gone to I've never, I've never used yet. it. <laughs> yeah. Got a B day training. So, we're, we, but you've seen one of these ones that sprays up. Have yeah. You? Now I don't understand this, yeah, because when I was a like young man, I trained, I trained as a plumber. All right, and there's a certain there are protocols that certain, that like water systems have to go through. Right. Mm-hmm. Now one of these. There's different types of water. The two primary types are called, in terms of like drinkability, they call it potable. So it's potable water if it's drinkable, and if it's not drinkable, it's non-potable water. And it's really, really important to keep those two separate, mm. right? Because obviously contamination, cross-contamination. Yeah. Except if you have, so uh, a good example of this would be um, like your outside tap, right? the tap outside has to be a certain distance off the ground so that if there's like sitting water on the ground it won't like sit on the tap and go back up the tap into the water that's Mm -hmm. potentially sitting in the tap right but with a bidet with a squirter at the bottom it squirts the water up your bum and it bounces off your butt with all the poo on it and then it goes back down into the bidet and fills up around the squirter so you've got a source of potable water 
that could potentially have water ingress sitting in a bowl full of shitty water. Mm. I never understood how that was allowed. But, you know, if, if any of the listeners know, uh, you know, <laughs> ring in. <laughs> Your plumbing knowledge is greater, yeah, greater than, than mine. I didn't, yeah. I didn't finish my MVQ, so it probably is. Um, but, yeah, let us know. Or don't use a BDA again, because you're just going to make us all sick. Not, not from guinea worms, but... an experience that is like no other. Yeah, but some toilets have it built in, don't they, where yeah. it like, sprays up your keister. Is that a Japanese thing? Is that racist? Yes. No, I don't think, but their, their, <laughs> toilets can be quite, their toilets can be quite funky. So I thought, maybe. Yeah, maybe. They've got a museum about toilets, haven't they? Yeah. And that guy's like, house who runs it looks like a giant toilet. Hmm. Thanks, BBC. Joe, have yeah. you got anything that's interesting? Well, it's quite boring compared to this. I don't think I could survive at work or at home because I'm pretty lazy without the control or command F function. What does um, command F do? It means, so, say you're on a, a web page and you're trying to find something, you're doing some research, um, and if you put control F, there's a little toolbar that comes up at the top, and you put in the word you're trying to find, and it goes immediately to it and highlights it. I yeah. actually never knew that. Control find. Yeah, really, Search. really useful. Yeah, do you use it on PDFs or on web pages? Most of my degree or... is yeah. enabled by... I, yeah. never did I, that. I, really... I never even read the book, mate. I just thought of the thing that I wanted, wanted to, to do, to and, they do and they just control F and put the word yeah. in and then find That's it why in, <laughs> in a document I and read. then reference it. <laughs> why, did I, why didn't no one tell me this? That's like... good. You're very widely read now. Yeah. You know, oh, we all let you do it. We knew you didn't do it because you read all the books. Yeah. When we'd like come in and see you with like stacks of books there, it's just like that. Like losing your mind in the library and we're just like, uh, what this quote? <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes, all right, that's yeah. like, done. Yeah, you just like open a book as a PDF or like an ebook and then yeah. control F and You're then like bad friends and, then, and then find the thing and if it doesn't fit, you just go to the next book. Yeah. Oh the fuck <laughs> <laughs> That's so unfair. Why do you not tell me? Life's little things. <laughs> so James has a legitimate degree and we cheated. Yes. Oh, Fuck. But I'm pretty sure, uh, didn't you take that um, mind altering? <laughs> yes, I did. Is it Rahip No, no, no. no. no, 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 no. It's um, Medafinil. Medafinil. So is that like Ritalin? Yeah. yeah. But Just tried it. What was it like? It was weird. The first couple of times was really good. Like, so I got a lot of work done. For the, li- the listeners who don't know, modafinil is a, a performance-enhancing drug for <laughs> your steroid for your mind. mind. Yeah, it's like the film Limitless. Yeah, but not as good. But you've got to make sure you're concentrating on the right thing when you yeah. take it. Yeah. Otherwise, you can just like. Be concentrating yeah, super hard on Facebook. I just like yeah. sat there talking with Rich for like a good hour and a half, like doing nothing. It's like, <laughs> but it was good. Don't sniff it. Did you sniff it? <laughs> oh, good God. Yeah, you really sniff. are an adventurer, right? Yeah, it was just like, should I? Yeah. It was good for the first couple of times, but then afterwards I was like, I've done it now. I'm not going to do it again. Is it fair? No, no. not at all. But I then you had unless the you've control got a, Unless you've got this, ADHD, so. but you could have found that out. F. Everyone has that. But then, that's, but then that's the argument, isn't it? If everybody did Medafinil, then um, it would be on the people that didn't. No, but then, but then the, like the reason you have it is because people with ADHD who find it much harder to concentrate, and then they'd be at a disadvantage again because they'd be back where we were originally. Yeah, with um, ADHD, but then we'd have like extra concentration levels. Do you still have that when you're grown up? Or ADHD? Yeah, yeah, I think it stays with you the rest I of think the world. So, yeah, I thought it like died off. Well, I think you're just like less of a knob about Houston. it. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you still have it, but you just don't like. Well, there's issues with people. with kids in America if they're just like naughty, they'll go ADHD. Let's like med like medicate them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I worked at a camp out there, every kid out there is on some kind of. That's really. Well, they're pretty, well, they're pretty really spacey. Bad. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Or they were like really, they had like buzz, you know, vibrant personalities, and then it would be like, oh, breakfast time, get your medic, uh, your meds, yeah, and then they all like do their pills or whatever. Because I'd it's say like I'm, one for the cuckoo's nest. It's yeah. mental. I'd say I'm quite a lively person. <laughs> no pun but intended. if I was in America, they well, as soon as I was like a young child, so they would have just been like, he's quite lively. Let's just drug him up to the fucking eyeballs. <laughs> well, it saved you doing it yourself. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably would have sniffed your meds. <laughs> Right, well, yeah, that was uh, life's little things. I think that's quite a good feature. Or what we can't live without. Or what James did his degree, did, what James did his degree without. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll have another one for you <laughs> next week. I think maybe we should have it as uh, like a, a double title. It could be like a Shakespeare play. Do you know what I mean? That was life little, life's little things, or what you can't live without. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. Okay. Alternative. Good. Right, um, who is it now? Animal Collective with Lion Nakoma. Safe. So that was Bruce Springsteen with Atlantic City. That was my uh, Goodnight Joe track. I heard it... Um, I've called it Joe's Silent Seance. So kind of raising the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I listened to it in the car driving at night last weekend. And it really... Being able to concentrate on it really kind of brings home. I think there are two Bruce Springsteens. There's the kind of big brash, kind of born to run, dancing with the dark guy. Born in the USA. Born in the USA. Um... But there's also the kind of songs like The River and this. Introspective. Introspective. Um, I think he's a real, real interesting storyteller. There's more to him um, than people people think. And regular he... George Harrison. The last of us? Maybe. Who knows? But I think, and he tells about an interesting part of American history and a different side of America that people talk it's the about. Middle America, isn't it? It's the Middle America, like, yeah. yeah. Or the rough part of Jersey Trump, um, Trump country specifically this is Trump yeah country basically 
Yeah, places like Atlantic City, or the reasons people go to somewhere like Atlantic yeah. City. He tells stories. He tells stories. Yeah, which is a beautiful thing. Which I think is becoming more a lost art in yeah. um, music, in guitar music especially. Mm-hmm. Songcraft. Yeah, it's quite like abstract. A lot of it now, isn't it? It's yeah. more like the REM school of nonsense. Yeah. Radiohead. It's like, oh my god, I'm a floating tree. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It is a bit though, isn't it? It is. That's yeah. a, that was a, actually quite a good summary. <laughs> well, I really like Radiohead. Yeah, I mean, I they are very it. abstract. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wouldn't would call them guitar. Like, maybe you're going to get a better. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, a floating tree. Like, yeah. like is that a genuine re- lyric or is that no, just no, no. <laughs> fair play? I had a great review of like a, a nine-year-old apparently of Batman vs Superman, which was "Why is Superman sad? He can fly." <laughs> <laughs> so true, though. Yeah. So we, if we all thought like a nine-year-old, life would be much simpler, wouldn't it? Yeah. Much more simple. Mm, maybe. But also, like fucked up, like. No, but they have their perspectives on things are fresh. They offer honestly offer new like ideas. In a company, you want the ideas of the people who've been there six months or less. Because after like, that, yeah. then you're like ingrained in it, and you don't see things from a different perspective. Like, well, we do that obviously because of that. Whereas you know, kids question things more. Why is that the way that is? Mm. I did that at work once. I questioned something. What like a child? No, like yeah, kind of like a child because. Why um, are you in this bathroom? They. Why are you doing that? What are you sniffing there? No, um, I. Um, Can I have some? They were. Yeah. Over there. Um, no, they were like. Uh, we had to like clean the office and stuff like that, and they were asking me to take loads of pictures of different parts of the office because they were like doing it in zones and whoever had the cleanest zone won a prize. <laughs> and yeah, my job is this is my job. I don't get it. Um, and uh, they asked me to print off loads of these pictures, and I was like, "We're wasting so much paper here." And I said that to my boss, and. I think she kind of respected me for saying it, but she told me, just print them off, James. <laughs> yeah. But then they have changed their recycling policy Good now, so which I'm really happy. Like, Well, talking about recycling, I saw a thing in the Dundee Arms earlier, right, and in the toilets. Oh, pre-show pub. Yeah, enough respect to them, but their hand dryer has a little plaque on it that says hand dryers are good for the environment because they reduce... The number of trees having to be cut down for paper towels, and they reduce paper towel waste by using electricity that comes from a coal-burning power plant. <laughs> like I don't understand the logic behind that. Yeah, but using human electricity to warm up the air. Yeah, instead of just a towel, which is actually a more efficient and more hygienic way to dry your hands. Yeah, because all the yeah, fucking lines. But what's the thing that you put your hands in? Dyson yeah, They're supposed to be really good for the environment. But I don't know how. I don't get. I that. think it's because I, I they don't, don't see don't how they're hygienic. They just—they're so powerful. They blow all the water everywhere. So you just got like dirty water. Right? I guess, but I think the thing that's environmentally good is they don't use like warm air. They yeah. just like it's just such powerful air that it's just using like the yeah. yeah. It's not like it's an anus. <laughs> sorry. And on that note, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. just late night leave. <laughs> I've been Chris Marshall. I'm James Creamer. I've been Joe Stevens. Thanks for joining us. See you in a couple of weeks. We've got James Blake with Radio Science to close us Rather off. fittingly. Ooh.